This episode is brought to you by SuitSocialMedia.com. If you or your business are in need of digital marketing guidance, please contact Chris at SuitSocialMedia.com. Suit Social specializes in video production, podcast creation, content distribution via social, SEO, PR, influencer marketing, and email, not to mention digital marketing training. Your audience and customers are begging for your amazing work. Together, we can make your work so easy to find and powerful, they'd practically have to buy. This was a super fun interview with someone I've been a big fan of since I moved to Chicago in 2011. I previously met the founder of T-Box, Chris Festa, at a networking event where he was the headlining speaker. I thoroughly enjoyed his self-deprecating honesty as well as the many valuable entrepreneurial lessons he shared. I knew I had to have him on the podcast, and as luck would have it, he agreed to let me interview him. Chris shares his journey from earning his economics degree from Stanford through the Bartman effect on his Cubs t-shirt sales all the way to today where his T-Box bar crawl regularly attracts over 20,000 people a year. If you are interested in understanding how Chris followed what he enjoyed to create an incredibly successful and well-known business, this is the interview for you. Enjoy. Uh, So awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Chris. Um, Can you give us a little background on yourself and what you do? Um, Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, I have been doing T-Box for 20 years. I'm preparing right now for the 21st annual T-Box, which is, um, I just looked, it's 166 days from today. <laughs> so we're already planning for it. And um, we recently finished our Cover Your Bases event last month, our baseball event. Um, and um, as you mentioned, too, I also have a small T-shirt company that I've had for about 12 years that I have a number of clients with who sell my T-shirts, too, and that's helped me with um, doing my promotional materials for our bar crawls, mm-hmm. and um, it's just a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of preparations, and as the event has grown, um, you know, I've just learned a lot about dealing with all the different aspects from, you know, working with the bars to customer service to security and government relations and anything that you could imagine as far as all the different interfaces that we have. So it's been quite an experience. Yeah, I hear it's uh, quite challenging to work uh, with Chicago. They, uh <laughs> very creative. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Um, they've kind of got me though as far as um, Wrigleyville is really like uh, uniquely suited for having this event and um, for um, and Chicago is just a great place you know where people love to party and love to drink and love to get dressed <laughs> up and have these day drinking events. I mean you know about how St. Patrick's Day is mm-hmm. and how there's a million street festivals all summer and everything else. And um, it just was by happenstance that I started doing this way back in 1996 for fun. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be very fortuitous that um, the second Saturday in December is a great time for this event because there's not a ton of other stuff going on. And um, people love the holidays and it just tur- has turned out to become one of the really great, you know, big partying events in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I, my first time going was in 2011. And I, huh? was, I was like, this is because I, I moved to Chicago in 2011. Um, I was like, this is the biggest bar crawl I've ever seen <laughs> in my whole life. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, great, great. Yeah, it's gotten to um, it's it's gotten up there in size, and we had gone from about um, being it, it had it had jumped really started jumping in the years after about two thousand six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, mm-hmm. um, and um, the last few years it's been hovering around the. Um, 18, 20,000 mark, 20, 21,000 mark. Mm -hmm. And, um, we have been, um, just kind of a little bit like at the point where we can't really grow too much more right now in terms of like, you know, getting up to like being like 50 or a hundred thousand people or anything like that, given that we're in a residential area and we're coming up against some natural capacity constraints. Um, so we're just really trying to make it the best event that we can being in the range that we are. Right, right. And um, over the past four years, um, we donated about, uh, I think it's over about almost about $250,000 to local charities, mm-hmm. um, uh, which has been like a really great thing that we've been able to do. And um, we've been, as as you mentioned, we've worked with, um, we're working with about, about 45 or 50 bars. Um, it's been a little bit of a changing landscape as bars kind of go in and out of business. And um, you are aware as well that Wrigleyville and Wrigley Field, it's a very changing landscape over there now. Oh, yeah. So we're kind of dealing with that, and that's one of our challenges right now as they're uh, doing a lot of new construction, knocking buildings down and things like that. So we're, that's one of the things that we're having to deal with. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, do you do you think you would ever move it to a place where you could have more than uh, eighteen to twenty thousand people? Um, well, I think that this is this is really the best place, you know, barring anything unforeseen, because um, it's uh, it's just the atmosphere of it is um, is it's kind of like uh, it has the um, the kind of a atmosphere of still being a bar crawl where you can go in a certain order and you go from bar to bar and it's a mixture of small bars and large venues like the Cubby Bear and John Barleycorn and Old Crow and Sluggers and places like that Mm -hmm. along with a lot of the other smaller bars and you have a, a lot of different places to choose from and people are walking up and down the street which is another fun part of it and you see people in all their costumes and things like that. So I think that the fact that it's still kind of an organic and eclectic mix of different places is a lot of what makes it fun versus if you just put it in something that was more like a, um, you know, like a convention center or something like an organized like festival marketplace. Right. Or something that was designed to hold, you know, like a fairgrounds or something like where Lollapalooza mm-hmm. is. Right. So it's part of the charm. It's part of the challenge, but it's 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 a big part of the charm. Yeah. It, it seems to sort of run parallel with Chicago itself, because to me, Chicago is like 10 or 15 or 20 great cities in one. You know, and T-Bucks seems like 10 or 20 great bar crawls in one. Well, um, yeah, well, I have, that's funny you say that because I've tried to make it be, you know, it originally just started out as being Christmas themed. Mm-hmm. And then um, we have since 2008 or uh, 2009 had different themes for it every year just because I like to, I like the creative part of it. And so we have had, um, this year, the theme is T-Box the Wedding. So mm-hmm. it will be themed like a giant wedding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then... 
Well, um, last year it was T-Box the motion picture, so it was a movie theme, mm-hmm. um, and it was um, a zoo theme, it's been Monopoly themed, it's been summer camp the first year you came, um, and yeah, it is a, a lot of different things, because people dress up in costumes, or they can just dress up, dress up in Santa, um, and um, it just has something for everybody, and it starts at 8 a.m., and we really love, you know, I really like the morning and the early part of it the best because there's just so much energy and mm-hmm. people are so excited. But it goes through the whole day and um, it, it's just a really great experience and it's a really colorful, fun thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and especially sometimes it's snowing. Sometimes it's like the last few years, it's been almost 60 degrees. Yeah, those are those are great. I love yeah. when it's that. <laughs> so we've had a yeah, I like it when it's a little, a little bit warmer. It's been 10 yeah. degrees. Some years, but um, it's it's a really colorful, really great thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, well, I, I have uh, a, a bunch more questions about T Box, but I want, I want to take a step back and sort of examine how you got started with all this stuff. So, um, could you talk a little bit of, of about how you got involved with uh, entrepreneurship? Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I worked for quite a long time for. Uh, the company, the consulting firm Accenture, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I actually I graduated from Stanford University. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I majored in economics, mm-hmm. and um, I just kind of joke that you know they're real proud of me over there because you know uh, our graduates founded like you know Google and Yahoo and all these they're CEOs of all these companies, and then they have me with T Box. So. <laughs> I don't. I don't get invited. To, to, I don't get invited back to speak. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't put me on the alumni brochures. But I figure that you know they're proud of me in their own little way. But um, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, I graduated with a degree in economics. But um, I worked briefly as a financial analyst, and uh, I didn't really like finance. I was really bored with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did really, really liked working um, at. Um, Anderson Consulting, as it was formerly known, and then for uh, it became Accenture. Um, it's a great firm, um, and I, I worked originally. I'm from Florida, and I worked mm-hmm. for the Miami office. And uh, they sent me all over the country, as they do, um, and they're headquartered here in Chicago. Um, and I transferred here permanently. Um, shortly before I started having T-Box. And then when I moved up here, I just was so uh, enamored with how just everybody was just, there were so many young people here, um, everybody, and this may sound silly, but it was just like people were just so, um, there was a bar on every corner and like people went out every night and, you know, they went to play volleyball and they went to play softball and, you know, you didn't have to drive drunk anywhere. You could <laughs> you could take a cab or the L or walk. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a big deal. And then I just heard about people having bar crawls. Um, and I just started doing this for fun. Um, and so um, anyway, I, was, uh, I started doing it and about 50 or 60 people came. And I still had my job. So the first... Uh, four years I did this, I was still working at Accenture. And then um, it got up to about three or 400 people. And I worked actually for a couple of years. I was commuting and I was spending a lot of time. I, I worked for dot com out in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I quit working Accenture, and uh, I was in time for the dot-com bubble, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I was, didn't really like that job, but I learned a lot, and um, I, um, I came back here um, a little, I think it was about, it was 2002. And, um, I just decided I wanted to, I did some soul searching. I was unemployed for a while and, uh, I took a, a few short term, um, contracting jobs and I was just said, just said, you know, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I really want to make t-shirts. I always wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just went down and I just looked it up how to start a corporation. And I just kind of dived in and, um, this may not be the best advice for everybody, but I didn't really have a business plan and I didn't overthink it, mm-hmm. which I think is good advice. And I just kind of dived in and I kind of put my my fears and concerns aside and I just said, you know what, I'm going to give this a try for a couple of years and just not have any fear about it. So I just started making t-shirts, like graphic t-shirts, because I had all these design ideas and um, that's that's just how I did it. I incorporated. I got an accountant. I learned how to use QuickBooks. Got my own health insurance. Learned how to buy pens and notepads without stealing them from the, my employer. <laughs> so <laughs> you can actually buy your own office supplies. What? It's impossible. Yes, I actually bought paper for the first time. You know, wow. that's something that I never knew people did. That's why I like Staples and Office Depot are there. So, yeah. anyway, um, that's the uh, so that so I just kind of dived in and I was kind of treading water with that. And then um, that that's really how I got started. And then um, and I was and I and I realized that I kind of could live without a paycheck coming in, and I and I made it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, what, um, what kind of was, uh, and this is, I think this is somewhere on my website in, in the story of, of how it happened, but, um, I was, um, I was making some, um, Chicago Cubs themed t-shirts when the Cubs were on the verge of making the world series in 2003. Mm-hmm. And I was doing really well with those. And, um, when the, uh, the Cubs blew it and, uh, thanks to the Steve Bartman incident, which some of the Cub fans listening may remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're a Cubs fan. I am a Cubs fan, and I, I was aware of that even before I was a Cubs fan. <laughs> yeah, it was an extremely painful uh, day. I lived in Wrigleyville at the time, and um, at that time I had had seven tea boxes. They had all been free. It had been up to about 2,000 people. And um, that incident ruined my business, and I was just devastated. And um, I kind of was just sitting in a you know room like you might see in the movies with the shades drawn, unshaven, pizza boxes everywhere. Um, and then uh, I just said, you know what? I think I'm. I have an idea to make some money. I'm just going to see if people will pay. I'm going to charge them for tea box. Mm-hmm. So the eighth tea box was the first time, and I think I just wow. asked people to pay five or ten bucks, mm-hmm. and they would get a T-shirt with their ticket, and that, <laughs> that's and that's how that that part of the business started. Wow! How, how many people were there for the, the um, eighth iteration? That year was about. 2300 i think okay. um, it was about 2000 or 2300 mm-hmm. and people it was not a deter- i thought that maybe like people wouldn't want to pay anything but that charging them and then the 
injecting capitalism into the equation for it was what really made me committed to taking that really seriously and putting a lot more effort and organization into it. And things really took off from there. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, things kind of went you know, continued to go upward as far as how much time and money I was putting into it and then how much I was, you know, it, the ticket price eventually went up, but then it became more and more and more of a thing from there. Mm-hmm. So it started. And I was running the two businesses kind of like intertwined, but there was a lot of like synergy between them. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, basically I've kind of wound down the other business and just, just foc- and I'm really just focusing on this for right now. You're talking about the t-shirt company? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I I do enjoy making T-shirts a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, not to go into too much detail, but I was making um, all these graphic T-shirts um, for all these different um, stores. I was going to fashion trade shows around the country. Um, my website is still out there, greattobehere.com. You can see all the designs. I have about 12 or 15 stores still buying. I'm not really trying to sell. Um, but I... Um, I got to a point where I realized I wasn't going to get over the hump as far as really making it profitable enough to be worth my time. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wound it down and decided to focus on the event business. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a tough decision, but I felt like um, I could not admit defeat, but I could say I did it, everything I could and it didn't work. And I'm going to just do this. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of an interesting lesson because this bar crawl business was just started completely for fun. And then it was just on the side. And then I realized that this was doing so much better, um, you know, profit margin wise and everything. And then the other business. And then I just kind of jumped to that. Mm -hmm. So you never know if you go into business like what you know, products are going to be or what certain, what things that you sell are going to, the yeah. customers are going to demand. It certainly wasn't my original plan at all. Right, right. Well, there seems to be something uh, like magical or um, just, just right when you do something because it, it was fun. Like you didn't, you didn't set up T-Box to make money or, or get 20,000 people. You're like, I think these are fun, so I'm going to make one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Like, and I have been always like people have made fun of me or they, uh, they always joke about it because I've always thought, like, I have always thought why in the world would anyone not want to come to this? (laughs) And, uh, you know, and, uh, I've always been, you know, I always make a point to know how many days it is until tea box and tell people they need to be there and it's a bucket list experience and they have to go. So, um, you know, and a lot of people I'm known for that. And actually, when I moved back to Chicago in 2002, um, when I was working out in Silicon Valley, I actually stayed out in California for a while. I wasn't sure I was going to come back to Chicago. And I'd been gone for a little while. When I came back here, I went out to a few street fairs in June of 02, I think it was. And I didn't know as many people as I used to here. And I'm out at a few street festivals and a few bars and like about a hundred people within a three week period were like, Hey, it's the T box guy, Chris Festa. The T-. And like all these people knew me and were like wanting to talk to me and have a drink with me. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize this. So yeah. 
it was kind of like my lifeline to being back in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, it's been like special to me because of that. Cause it was kind of like the one thing that like tethered me back to staying in Chicago and kept me here. So, um, so yeah. after that was when I kind of knew it was like a thing that was known. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it has been, but now, um, it's become like, um, now that it's kind of matured to this point, um, one of the things that we're dealing with right now is, um, like I said, it's kind of butted up against the point where, um, the, you know, I'm not, we're, we're just kind of figuring out the growth aspects of it. Um, exploring a number of different things, which are kind of in the works right now. Um, and also, um, you know, I, um, I think of it as a thing for all ages. So I'm kind of like stunned when anybody says they think they're too old for it. <laughs> because there are people in their like 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, even people I've seen 60 there. But, um, you know, people do think that, you know, if they're over 30 or 35 or whatever, that they might be too old for it. Um, so that saddens me because I, you know, I don't like to see that. I think that everybody can have a great time there. Um, but, but it, you know, largely it's a lot of people in their, you know, early and mid twenties are the ones that like have to be there. Um, but we're trying to like, just make sure that people feel welcome of all ages there. Mm -hmm. So that that's something I'm just trying to work on and just figure out the messaging for because right. that's an, that's been an unintended consequence as far mm -hmm. as uh, you know as far as like people thinking they're too old. Right, right, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm 31 and and I went last year, so great. Well, I don't <laughs> ever want to lose your business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a great time. Um, great. I I. Well, our story is very similar. I mean, you obviously made something way cooler than anything I've made as of yet. But I, I'm from Florida as well, and uh, I was I was I I left my previous job. I was working for NASA, and I just quit or I got fired, um, maybe on purpose. And I and I was on <laughs> I was on an unemployment for several months, and I I was like I'm just gonna move to Chicago and start a business, and and I don't care. I just like Chicago, and I and I don't want to work in an office. <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely uh, I identify and, and relate with uh, with with your journey, my friend. Um, so well, that's great. Well, I can't really imagine. I can't even remember. Or imagine what it was like to go back to having a job, yeah. having an employer. Um, so, um, but I will tell anyone who um, who thinks that this is like a paradise or a dream. <laughs> I, I kind of like you'll pretty quickly adjust to the new the reality, which is that like um, you know if you think that like oh I got to you know I hate my boss or whatever. Um, it's like, you know, every customer is your boss and yeah. your partners, your business partners and your customers and your vendors and everybody else are going to bug you and annoy you and you're going to have just as <laughs> much drama with them as you ever did with the people that you used to work for when you had a job. So mm -hmm. it's never going to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's still jerks out there, even if, uh. They're not yep. labeled your boss. 
Yeah, and um, you know, getting fired is just you know, if you get fired, that's like if you you know, when you lose a customer, it's like getting fired, or when somebody like you know cancels, like tries to get a credit card refund that they didn't deserve, and you have to fight it, or something like that. All these kinds of things, or when people file a complaint with the Better Business Bureau, you know, that's the some ridiculous thing or something like that. All kinds, you know. Millions of things happen yeah. all the time, and you have to deal with that. So, unfortunately, and also just even things like you know when your computer crashes, there's no IT department. <laughs> so, you know, you just have to deal with all that stuff. Yeah. But, but it is nice to be able to set your own schedule and everything. But um, I find myself working at like one in the morning or two in the morning. But um, mm-hmm. I do remember like um, we were, we were. Um, made to in one of my last years working at Accenture, we were made to read the uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Mm-hmm. If you know what that was, oh yeah, oh yeah, Stephen Covey training and go to these seminars. So they said, I think that that was that. They said that one of the signs that you were successful or integrated in your life was if there was very little distinction or anything between your work and your personal life or your play and it was all one thing and so like i it's definitely been that like my life is just all like one thing so sometimes that's bad but you know usually it's good cuz i don't really ever know when i'm working or not it's all <laughs> it's all just kind of one big thing <laughs> Yeah, that that's definitely a, a struggle for me as well. Like people are like, "Oh, well, what hours do you work?" And I go, "What hours am I awake?" Because I I'm working. Like it, you can't just turn it off. Exactly, exactly. So um, anyway, so um, but I do enjoy it very much, and it is um, the planning for T box and the. Um, you know the creative aspect of it, and having the theme and and everything is um, really you know I do really enjoy that. And like right now we're working on the um, I'm working with an art, a graphic artist to design the the new poster and all the little fun aspects and themes for T Box the wedding. And um, as you may have seen, and what we do is a number of the unique things that we do for T Box is that we make um, hundreds of thousands of stickers that we give out with funny sayings on them and things that go along with the theme. So last year we made 240,000 stickers to give out at the event that people were wearing. Um, So some of them say like things like if it's your first time, it says that you're a T-Box virgin (laughs) and you have to get one of the, uh, someone to sign off to take your T-Box virginity and there's instructions on the website on how that is to be done. (laughs) And then there are stickers to say that you're single and stickers that say, let's, let's make out right now and mm-hmm. all kinds of other like flirtatious stickers and things like that and other things with funny sayings. Um, so for this one, for the, the wedding theme, we're looking at doing things like maybe actually being able to marry people at the events <laughs> or at least have people renew their vows or get fake married or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so we're going to do something like that we're, we're, we may even like have a thing to like, you know, give away a honeymoon or something like that. Cool. So, so we're going to see, and then you may have seen about her. I'm sure that you're familiar with all the cereal and the cereal shots. That oh, we yes. Do. 
Um, yeah, I invented that and the story's on my website, but um, I started bringing cereal to the events just kind of as a fun snack, and then we started kind of throwing it around and doing these cereal shots where you turn, you turn someone's head, you pour an entire box of cereal into someone's mouth, and it goes all over the place, yeah. Captain Crunch or Lucky Charms or Fruity Pebbles. It's super mm -hmm. fun. So it originally was just like, well, we don't want people doing actual shots of liquor when it, they're, you know, out for 12 hours. So this is, you know, get some food, give them some sugar, some energy. So, mm -hmm. um, and now that's become like, I've spent so much time on that because, you know, there's cereal everywhere. The bars complain. We have to like, well, now we have to get kiddie pools for people to stand in, clean up crew. It's like become a whole little sub drama of like the cereal and the cleanup and all this other stuff, which I never foresaw. Mm -hmm. And then we have that. And then we have these picture frames with the names of every bar to, for people to take their picture in. Um, we have an opening ceremonies and a closing ceremonies um, on stage at the Cubby Bear, which is super fun. Um, we have a, a set of uh, now we're looking to have over a hundred this year, but we have a set of eighty VIPs for T Box, the Royal Court, um, which are you have to earn that. It's all on our website. They're kind of people who have been coming to T Box for a long time or who do these things to become royalty, and they get all these privileges and. Uh, you have to get your pictures with them and they have all their own stickers and stuff with their faces on them. So we have all these little bells and whistles that make it, make it fun. So we like to give people a lot of fun stuff to do at T-Box. Oh yeah. You guys do a really good job of that. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. How, so how involved with uh, the creative aspects of, of T-Box are you? Um, well, that's like the thing that I do the most of and, and mm -hmm. it's the most fun for me. Yeah. So I'm like directly involved with pretty much everything. I can't draw or anything, but um, I, um, I, I have different graphic artists who work, who I um, contract with like over the internet or locally. And um, I did teach myself, which was very valuable. Um, I just had some friends, um, this was a, a long time ago, who taught me, I, I paid them a few hundred dollars to give me some basics, and I kind of had them give me some basics, and I taught myself how to use uh, Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop, mm -hmm. and I also taught myself the basics of how to use QuickBooks. Um, although I have a really great local accountant who, um, you know, does my actual accounting and reconciliation. So learning how to use that has been really, really valuable. And I'd really recommend that to anybody if they're doing anything like this. Mm -hmm. Also knowing, like, I don't do, I, I have my website is hosted and, and done by an outside party right now. But I know a lot of basic stuff about HTML and other web stuff, which has been really helpful. So knowing all that has been extremely valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, you know, it sounds like you're a very creative person and, and just sort of learning the tools, you can then put your creativity through those tools and get some really yeah. cool stuff out of it. Yeah, it's been helpful because there is, I'm frustrated, like I would love if I, if I had any artistic ability. It would, <laughs> I can describe it. And if you, it's been, I used to have, when I had the t-shirt company too, I used to have a, a, 
full-time uh, great great guy younger guy working for me as a full-time artist but um, right now I don't have any full-time staff I um, I have a couple of people that work for me um, part-time as contractors locally and then we staff up also locally during uh, in advance of events um, and uh, I work from home um, or I'm one of those notorious people you see working at Starbucks yeah <laughs> Um, but we, um, we have a great relationship also with the famous local bar Murphy's Bleachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the past couple of years, um, they, uh, have invited us and actually we've been invited back to be the official headquarters for T-Box. So for three weeks in advance, they give us their whole South bar about, um, one third of their whole bar to use for T-Box customer service. Mm-hmm. So people can come in for 14 days beforehand to get their uh, all their materials, their wristband and their um, gym bag with their stuff and their T-shirt and all their, all their materials and their badge and get it all there. So um, it's great because they get to get, um, you know, all these people come through the bar there. It's their off-season um, and then, you know, it's the, and they're so nice to us and everything else. And then we don't have to, you know, actually rent an office or anything else. And we get to like, just be there in the bar. So it's a great deal and it works out great for everyone. So, so you are the, you're the sole employee, you said? Um, I am the, um, we have a few, we have a number of part-time people, um, but I don't have, um, a full-time staff that works for my company. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I used to have an actual office that I rented, like that was a storefront, Mm -hmm. um, up until 2013. But I ended up not needing that after the operations of the T-shirt company, after I wound those down. Mm -hmm. So I'm working, I converted one of the bedrooms in my house to be my office. And uh, and I have the closets and then almost all of my garage uh, crammed. Uh, I have uh, with with papers and and, uh, all my files and everything else. But I don't really have any inventory or or any other things like that. So... um, I have a few of the, uh, the, uh, some, you know, I have like stickers and badges and relics from everything else, <laughs> but <laughs> just basically have my files and then we have a storage unit, you know, for, any, for other stuff like that. But, um, mm-hmm. it's been good to, um, you know, when you have an, when you have a, uh, a business with inventory, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, that was one of the things it's just having inventory is really challenging and keeps you awake at night. Um, so all of my business with my t-shirts is now just custom print and drop ship with a, a local printer, which is great, mm-hmm. which I like better. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that, that's how I work. And then, um, like I said, we staff up and we, uh, we hire people like to help us work the day of, and then the two or three weeks in advance of the event. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Wow. I, I'm really uh, impressed that essentially uh, you're kind of just doing this entire operation yourself. Um, well, I, I wouldn't say that at all because uh, the, 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 the woman I have working for me right now um, who works about 20 or 25 hours a week is doing a great job for me. And then, um, like I said, I have other people that work in advance of the events. and uh, But they... Um, um, you know, the, the work isn't really, it's very uneven time-wise right, right. where um, I couldn't really, like, keep someone uh, 
you know, it, it wouldn't, it's not like a regular business. And then just the way that things have shaken out, um, gearing up for and producing like one big event and a few other semi kind of big events versus a lot of little events has been what has worked out better for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and has been, you know, more of a profitable thing. Nice. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that, that's kind of how it's worked out. And then also, um, as I mentioned, we have this group of, um, about what we're looking to grow to about a hundred or 120 people, our Royal court. And, um, through our social media, we're, we're just also growing a community of other followers of our festive partiers group and, uh, looking to have, um, some regular happy hours and other get-togethers, which we've started doing in between our other events to keep, um, you know, to keep people involved and interested as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot of those for the rest of the summer and throughout the fall um, as a way to um, just kind of stay in the public eye and, uh, and, and keep, on, keep the interest level up until T-Box and our other events come up in the fall. And... Um, what else we are doing is right now um, we have 25 and we're going to have about eight or 10 more people who are our pledges for the Royal court. <laughs> and it's kind of, yeah, it's almost like a sorority or fraternity, but yeah. they are, they have to do a photo scavenger hunt with our T box koozie. Um, throughout the summer, they have to take 21 different pictures. And then they also have to um, sell 21 tickets with their coupon. And then they go through this little initiation with cereal in the fall, and then they become a member of the Royal Court. So (laughs) they're putting pictures up in our group, which is fun. So we have a a bunch of new pictures every day. Oh, that's awesome. What a hilarious idea. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and I've been doing it too. So, I, I mm-hmm. so every every other day or so, I've been putting one of my little pictures up. Um, and then one other thing too that's been a key part of the business has been um, we are um, sponsored by um, the local distributorship for um, Anheuser Busch. So we are officially sponsored by Bud Light, and we work with Lakeshore Beverage. Mm-hmm. We have a four-year contract, which we're in the middle of right now, and they are the distributors for Bud Light and also for uh, the Goose Islands beers, um, which, you know, is the local craft beer here in Chicago. So that's been a really great relationship, and we signed with them early in, tw- uh, in 2014, mm-hmm. um, and they, they've been really wonderful to work with, and they give us a lot of support with, with all different aspects of the, uh, of the operation. Awesome. Um, and so, um, and, and based locally here. So, so we work very closely with them. That's great. Um, can you talk a little bit about the revenue model for T-Box and how that's evolved over time? Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, it is through our ticket sales, you know, mm-hmm. is, the, is very much the primary, you know, source of the revenue. And then, um, and then, you know, we have some sponsorship revenue through, you know, our, um, beverage sponsor, which I just mentioned, and then um, through some other smaller sponsorships and, and um, advertising, but that's really pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so, yeah, so that's why we really focus on the ticket sales. Um, and we have just been, um, you know, had a lot of over the last few years. It's just been challenging you know, just dealing with all of the security aspects and all of the, um, 
you know, regulatory aspects. And uh, I've learned a lot because it's just really arisen in the last four years or so um, that we have come to the attention of the, you know, city, county and state authorities as far as us crossing the threshold size wise to have to um, get the kind of permits and security plans and other licenses and other things to hold the event and even hold the smaller events that we didn't have to do before 2012. Mm -hmm. So for all of the events we have, um, you know, we do things like that. We have to have city permits, security plans, um, like in some cases, license, like licenses to have the events, um, and you know, multiple meetings with different levels of government and and city, state, and county authorities in order to proceed with the events. Mm -hmm. So that takes up, a, and I work with a local um, um, public relations and a lobbying firm that handles all of the government and um, community and neighborhood relations. Um, in concert with myself. So they have been really instrumental in working with all of these entities like neighborhood groups, the alderman's office, police, fire department, um, state liquor commission, um, you know, the city, um, you know, department of cultural affairs and special events. So um, for better or for worse, um, I have um, had to get the approval of and go through the necessary uh, steps and meetings and paperwork and everything with um, a <laughs> significant number of government entities in order to uh, conduct all of these business operations over the past about three and a half years. Wow. That, that sounds like a year's worth of work right there. Yeah. So that um, has been a significant... Um, what's the right word? <laughs> a significant, <Pain? laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's Obstacle. been a significant, um, uh, amount of resources to spend, uh, to satisfy those, uh, necessities, yeah. um, you know, that, you know, that have to be done, uh, in order to operate. So, um, that's been a part of the reality of being in, in business since 2012, that was not at all there before. And it, and it came up like very, very suddenly. It didn't ramp up at all. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so that's just been like like kind of a new, not new, I'm, it's the new, it's the, been the reality for the last few years. But um, that is what is involved with everything now. And most people, I mean, I don't need other people or customers to think about that or anything. It doesn't really affect them. But I think a lot of people don't realize it's there. It's kind of funny. I think a lot of people just think I just roll out of bed and don't do anything and just show up for the events. <laughs> but it's, it, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of preparation and not, you know, and just not, you know, all of it is the fun part or the marketing part or the, you know, logistics part. A lot of it is just this, this other administrative or government relations part. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the also just like part of why I said that too is that I do personally attend every single event and I fully participate personally <laughs> in every single event. Awesome. So I've never not been 
at every single event. At T Box in 2013, I had a severe flu. Oh no! Extremely ill. So I did actually leave at five o'clock, and I had a, I was almost in the hospital. But so I did leave that early. But aside from that, I've been at every single event from wire to wire from wow. the, to the end. But um, you know, other uh, people that organize events like this, you know, I think that they don't. Um, they might not be there even, or they certainly aren't, you know, participating in it, but I'm leading all the ceremonies. I'm doing everything. I'm handing out beads. I'm handing out stickers. I'm drinking Bud Light. I'm doing everything. But, um, we have other people who are actually doing, you know, working, but I am, um, there participating and greeting people and mm-hmm. having fun with them and, and being the face of the event. So that's really fun. Yeah. I'm going to be continuing to do that, you know, as long as, <laughs> Well, that, that's a testament to your enjoyment of the product. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, well, um, yeah, so that is, uh, and that's what I do, and that's what I plan to keep mm-hmm. doing. So um, T-Box the Wedding is coming up, like I said, on December 10th, and uh, mm-hmm. we're hoping, as always, for this to be the biggest and best one ever. And um, one of the other things I... Um, you know, that I'm sure you're aware of is that we really encourage and we are at the level of having over 95% of the people dress up in really elaborate costumes. <laughs> so it is maybe it's like T-Box is kind of a combination between Halloween and St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And people and love to dress up. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking for people to be wearing maybe their old bridesmaid dresses or tuxedos mm-hmm. or like being like a bachelor party or even oh, wedding dresses. Yeah. Wow. I've had a number of divorced women say they might wear their wedding dresses. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be it should be pretty crazy this year. And we're yeah. looking to add whatever other twists we can to it. Oh, that's that's so much fun. Um I'm excited. maybe I'll uh I'll wear something silly. I'll wear a wedding dress. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that there'll be plenty of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I so about your revenue model. Like, was there ever a moment where you were like, maybe we should take uh, part of the um, affiliated bars uh, bar sales or or charge them to be a part of the the tea box or or what? Well, other other people have said that or suggested that. Mm-hmm. It has always been my uh, operating principle that I just want to have a long-term relationship with these bars where I'm trying to just help them out and bring them as much business as possible and help them do well also. Mm-hmm. And just really, you know, I don't want to take any of their money. I just want them to cooperate with me in any way possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe that isn't the right thing to do. I'm not saying it is the right thing to do, but, um, it's it's worked thus far. (laughs) Yeah. I have chosen not to pursue that path. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there are other operators out there, um, who have chosen to go down that particular road, but that is not something that I have wanted to do. Mm -hmm. No, Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. You're, you're building goodwill and and yeah. solid relationships, which are much more important for the longevity and, and health of of this event. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's my theory with it, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. 
And uh, I think that there would be a lot of other issues as far as like, you know, compliance and, um, you know, looking at their books or things like that. Which oh, I right, right. Help. Yeah, that, that just kind of breeds distrust. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I can see both sides of the coin, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, that leads me into my next question. So, I mean, T-Box is, this will be its 21st year. How do you think it became the massive cultural phenomenon that it is today? Um, well, that is a really good question. I think that um, I think that I hope that it was because I, I <laughs> that you know I've thought about that a lot, and <laughs> and uh, I don't really have a good answer for you except to say that sometimes I'll sit around with my friends or the you know or the people on the royal court who are helping me out and stuff, and I'll say. I wonder what percentage of the people come here because of my brilliant creativity and put this <laughs> awesomely unique, distinctive event together, mm-hmm. or what percentage of the people come here because they think it's their best chance to get drunk and get laid. <laughs> and they're like, well, probably 95 to 5. Yeah. <laughs> drunk and There's some crossover there for like that <laughs> Venn diagram. <laughs> So I'm just going to say that, well, maybe it's 80-20, but I think that, um, you know, what what I do think is just that people just realize, just, I mean, it's overwhelmingly been word of mouth and then, you know, through like, organic social media and and other word of mouth that people have found out about it. Mm -hmm. So... I think that that it's just like, oh, this is really cool. You got to do this. You got to go, um, and that it is a very sincere thing. It is a very, it is what it is. It doesn't pretend to be anything that it isn't, um, and um, especially in the earlier days when it was smaller and it still had all this room to grow. And honestly, when it like. You know, honestly, like, you know, I don't know who's going to listen to this, but, you know, I, you know, I'm not trying to like gouge people or charge this huge maximum amount, but it is very, very expensive to produce. And it is, uh, we do give a lot of money to charity, which I really like doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, um, you know, I, I, uh, I hate the fact that anybody thinks it's expensive um, but you know, if the tickets are, you know, right now we have, you know, 45% off tickets, so you can get a ticket for like $30. A lot of that money goes to the city amusement tax. Um, you know, a lot of that money goes to charity, you know, our production expenses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's three or $4 an hour for a unique event that you can't really do anywhere else in the world. Um, so I, a huge percentage of the people realize that and they love it and they come from all over the country to come to it and they look forward to it for the whole year. And, uh, I love that. And it really makes me feel good that I'm, I'm bringing that happiness to people. So, um, I just try to remember that when I get frustrated or it gets difficult. Um, but I think that that's people do a lot of people really do realize that it's a unique thing. And that it's not about just getting drunk or just 
going from bar to bar to bar to bar, but there is a ton of tradition behind it and that there's somebody behind it who puts their whole heart into it. And on our website on festiparties.com, like it, it is in exhaustive detail, the whole story of it. Um, so anybody who wants to read more about it can read every single step of everything about it and see how it grew from year to year to year and how every little tradition started as well. So, mm -hmm. um, and they can even talk to me and I'll tell them anything that they want to know because wow. it's a reason for everything that, that happens. Um, so yeah, so that, that's how I think it was. So like I said, part of what is um, a little bit of a challenge now is just that, you know, we do have people who are coming in now who may not know that or may not appreciate it or are just turned 21 or are just going to go there and just like drink all they can in an hour and a half and then like have to go home at 930 in the morning or something. And, you know, <laughs> I really hope that's to a minimum. I hate that that happens, mm -hmm. but, you know, that's growing pain. And Some people got to learn. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that you know you have to deal with as a mature event, and that we we try to we try very hard, and we work really hard to educate our customers. Mm -hmm. um, when people come into the office, we give them a whole training spiel. We have an app for them to read everything about how to maximize their pleasure and their experience at the event, and um, we do our best to really make people appreciate it and savor it all. And uh, not just make it like, you know, like a St. Patrick's Day where they're just trying to like slam beers and stuff. <laughs> Green beer. Yeah. And just and really just make it like a friendly community type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a, a pre-holiday celebration. Yeah. 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 And um, and, and the thing is, like with everything that's going on now and all the you know, security expenses, the tax expenses, the permitting and everything else, you know, and then, um, and now the expectations as far as like all the bars expecting, you know, and counting on this as a revenue day, the sponsors, you know, even like, you know, we have, we've had the Hyatt Hotel has been a partner setting aside a room block for out-of-town guests. You know, I'm sure that there's an effect on local restaurants, cab drivers, things like that. So it, it's affecting the economy positively in a lot of ways. And uh, mm -hmm. um, I'm not asking for a piece of everybody's action, but I do feel a lot of pressure that I just want to have the best event to really help out, you know, everybody who's counting on it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, you know, I just ask people to buy their tickets and come and have fun and help the economy and mm -hmm. and have a great time. Yeah. Win-win all around. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know you do some very interesting things with, with marketing. Um, I, I love the uh, the pledge class that you got taking pictures now. That's that's a really fun idea. Can you talk about how the marketing of T-Box has changed over the years? Um, well... I really never used to do much of any. Um, so I've just had to, I've really just been continually trying to do more and more to get people to buy tickets earlier and earlier, mm -hmm. just because it makes me feel better when they buy tickets earlier. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's really what it boils down to it. And also just because with social media and with Facebook and everything, and like they, Facebook just keeps getting greedier and greedier. Oh, God. And, 
it's making, terrible. And, and making more and more changes and yeah. you do less and less stuff free. Zero organic reach. Yeah, exactly. So just keeping up with all that and, um, and also, um, that's why I've just been trying to work on building a network of fans and reaching out to people who are our genuine, enthusiastic fans and, um, and really just focusing on that and trying to meet as many people as possible, reach out to them directly, let them know that they can be a part of this. Um, and trying to work more with the bars themselves, although that, that's really, um, you know, a hit or miss challenging thing um, and nothing against the bars, but it's just that my best thing I can say is just that being in the bar business is probably definitely extremely challenging. Mm. And this is just like the, you know, not high on their list of things for them to be concentrating on because they have their brick and mortar bar 365 days a year to fill up and, and take care of business with. So, um, working with co-promoting with the bars on things has been, you know, a difficult, a challenge that we're working with all the time, but it's not been, uh, easy to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But we do put cards in the bars, we put posters in the bars, we put banners in the bars, we try to get to co-market with them on social media, but that requires a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, just, you know, try to continually be creative with stuff that is not paid stuff, um, because I have dabbled with doing a number of different actual just straight advertising, but that has not seemed to work well because it seems like everybody who would come to T-Box, who would possibly come to T-Box seems to already know about it and then either wants to come or wants to be nowhere near it. <laughs> and, uh, so that kind of does upset me because I take it very personally because I do on occasion, like I'll meet somebody who's just repulsed by T-Box um, and repulsed by the whole concept notion of it and they go into dramatic histrionics about it Mm -hmm. um and you know so i I some i try not to engage with them or get too upset about it but um Mm -hmm. you know i don't think that they understand it or you know i i don't know it's just like you know not necessarily people who are even like in their 40s or 50s, but some people just think that it is just a, you know, cretinous, <laughs> acanalic, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a word or, or whatever, um, you know, thing. But um, it, it really isn't and it's not intended as such, but um, it, 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 uh, it has developed, I guess, a reputation of infamy to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other hand... I kind of don't necessarily want that to go away because that may be attracting a lot of my customers. <laughs> because it is a party. It the bad boy naughty aspect of it, you know. I'm sure we don't want it to look like you know an ice cream social. So, um, but yeah, like like in Thrill List. Um, I, I, I enjoy that website and I get their newsletter, but we're mentioned in there pretty frequently. We have the clippings on our blog and our press section, but, um, you know, they'll mention us a lot, like in things about like the X number of things about Chicago or something. And then like, you know, recently they just said like, 
things to know about something about Chicago. And it was like, you know enough to stay the hell away from Lakeview on the second Saturday of December or something. (laughs) You know, so, so things like that come up every once in a while. And I just have to, um, you know, that that's good. You know, you're making something that is having an effect on people. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and it's just kind of a, it's just interesting because even the, the event is like 20,000 people say is a round number, you know, and then I was at the, um, pride parade yesterday and they say that's a million people. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, what is that? 50 times smaller, um, you know, so I'm one fiftieth of of that. Yeah. And that was they had the entire north side of, of Chicago completely, you know, you know, like in like there were people just stumbling around the entire north side of Chicago. Um, every street was closed and everything. So I I don't mm-hmm. think it's really you know, I think it's exaggerated. And also because it's in winter, you know, people have their windows closed and it mutes things a little bit. So again, being in winter is kind of an advantage because there's less other stuff going on. And that's kind of also what makes it unique. Right. Right. That's awesome. Um, and you guys, you guys leverage email as well. Yeah, we have our, our pretty large email mailing list and I'm kind of somewhat judicious with how often we send stuff out because we do, when you do that, you do tend to lose subscribers every time you send something out Mm -hmm. and, um, you do kind of get some diminishing returns from that. So we do use that, but it's not really a magic bullet. Um, and, um, so we use that, you know, we have our social media, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and things like that. We're getting people in our Festa Partiers Facebook group. Um, I just try to go out as much as I can and talk to people and have my minions do that as well. (laughs) And, uh, just try to grow the network personally too. Um, but I do wonder, like I said, you know, if there are how many people there are out there that are, that don't really, that don't know about T-Box or, you know, I, that, that's just what I, just what I question. And, uh, and like I said, if you can get a ticket to T-Box for about, you know, $40, $35, $40, um, you know, I think it's an incredible entertainment value. It's what I would want to be doing. Um, I'm not a huge live music fan, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't. I what is the Lollapalooza ticket like? $150, dollars. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hundred and something a day. Hundred yeah, thirty a like, day. And then you know, we have, you can get a beer at our thing for three dollars, and I'm sure a beer there is like not three dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's like eight or nine or ten dollars. So the water is three dollars. Yeah, so I think ours is a better deal. I'd rather be at T-Box than Lollapalooza mm-hmm. um, or, you know, one of these other music festivals. So it's I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a really, it's a great, unique deal. And, and a lot of people feel that way. So um, I just have to watch, you know, who I compare myself with and who I, um, and just kind of keep on track and do the best I can with stuff like that. Um, and then uh, I'm a little bit, uh, I was joking, but I, I said I am a really big Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. But I am uh, just concerned that if the Cubs win the World Series, uh, 
Uh, well, I guess how long it will take that party to die down. <laughs> November 2nd or 3rd. It could, it could easily still be going. Yeah, because it's only going to be five weeks. Oh, five yeah. Weeks. No, remember when uh, the Saints won the Super Bowl? And I think Mardi Gras was like three weeks later. The party went straight through Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to just have to see how long it's going to be and if that'll help. So we're going to, you know, and I hope that the entire Wrigleyville doesn't burn down. (laughs) That is a genuine concern. Yeah, um, and I don't know if people will be partied out or if they'll just want to keep partying. They've been waiting a hundred and what eight years for this. Yeah, it would be a hundred and eight years. So I'll make sure to have huge teams of people handing out cards and stuff like that. And um, I uh, I don't know if it would be worth going to jail to buy a <laughs> ticket and uh, let me see, run out in a pair of blue speedos and just paint T box on my body mm-hmm. and out on the field during the games. <laughs> um, I don't know. The, the network should probably black, black it out, cut away. But it yeah. Would, I just thought of that. Maybe I'll do that. Well, now it's too late. But anyway, that's, that could be it. There's a good marketing thing right there. Or there maybe I'll get somebody to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Game seven of the World Series? Um, yeah. Oh, my God. If it goes seven games, I don't know if I could... Uh, <laughs> That would be, maybe I'll just uh, hire a plane. Well, we'll see. If, yeah. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. I like it. These, these are some very creative marketing ideas, Chris. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, um, I'm going to keep trying. And, um, yeah, so um, so hopefully we're going to have some other fun things that we're going to do over the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you'll get to see, uh, see some of them. Yeah, I went to the, uh, the bead quest as well. Oh, great, great. Yeah, yeah, that has been going on for, uh, this was the eighth year. And um, we, the, that event and the Cover Your Bases event have been going since 2009. And uh, that was uh, some of the bars and then a couple of my employees at the time helped me with brainstorming those. And they had just suggested that, you know, honestly, before that, I, I'm just actually remembering that I had never really thought of having any other bar crawls besides T-Box. Mm-hmm. And then it was just suggested to me that we have those, uh, and then um, they've done pretty well. Um, they, I just had n- it never even crossed my mind to have another bar crawl until then. So um, they've done. So we have um, bead quest usually the weekend after Valentine's Day, and then cover your bases is sometime in April or May when the Cubs are out of town. Um, and we've had a couple of other events um, that um, vary that we're looking at when we're going to have our other one this year. Um, but um, they haven't grown to the point of being like anywhere near what T-Box has been. Mm-hmm. So that's been a little bit of a challenge for me because I thought when I started, they came out of the gate like really like blazing. And I thought like, oh, well, they're, they're just going to be like T-Box by two or three years from now. But they didn't get to that point. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit humbling for me. So I've had to kind of deal with that and um, continue to keep on tinkering with that. But ironically, right, right. it's just been like a lot of people like to go to those because they're smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have people that go to those every year that um, – don't go to T-Box. 
Um, but I'm, I keep on trying to get them to come to T-Box. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see, we'll see how those go. So, um, maybe but, like a year pass. Um, yeah, we, we toyed with that idea. Um, it's just, you know, honestly, I love the other events and they, I have even as much fun at those cause there's less pressure on me, yeah. but, um, you know, T-Box is just, you know, bigger than me. It, it is, it really mm-hmm. is. And I can't make, I can't force the other things to happen. Like, you know, it's just like, I can't, you know, make it happen. You know, it's just like the other, it, I don't know. Sorry, I'm stumbling. But what I'm saying is like, <laughs> T-Box just happened like magic. And, uh, um, I, I'm, you know, I'd love to be able to have like 10 different things like that. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's it hasn't happened yet. Another T box, but maybe someday it will. But I just decided to put as much energy into T box as I can, and it's been it's been going pretty well. So awesome, awesome. All right, well, uh, I only have a couple more questions. Sure. Uh, I know you're a, you're a busy guy. I want to respect your time. Do you have any uh, business books or life books that you would uh, recommend? There was this book called. You know, do you remember the magazine called Fast Company? Mm -hmm. They stopped making that, right? I think they still make it. Oh, do they? Okay. I'm thinking of something else. When I worked for the dot-com, I used to get all these business magazines. Like Business Business 2.0 was the one they stopped, I think. Mm -hmm. There were like three or four of these internet magazines that went on business. But anyway, there was this internet – there was this Fast Company article – that fascinated me and it was called the brand called you mm-hmm. and it was also a book that i read and it was called the brand called you and i think it caught came out sometime in the late 90s and it was just basically said that you should make yourself the brand and make yourself a brand. And and I was just like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so that was when I was still working for the company. For, for uh, sorry, not the CIA. For, uh, <laughs> for Accenture. Uh, we used to go up the firm. But, um, mm-hmm. but and uh so I remember reading that, and so still when I was several years away from starting a company, but it was a brand called You, and then I just remembered that like a few years later when I started Festa parties and Festa stuff, kind of by act, called it that just by accident. I'm like, wow, I'm doing this. <laughs> so and everybody knows who I am. So that kind of like really like influenced me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can totally see that as like a through line through all of uh, this business building. Yes. Do you have any books that you would recommend to any aspiring entrepreneurs out there? Um, yes, I do. Um, I used to read a lot more when I was uh, before, right before I started my businesses and uh, kind of right after I did. So I've been really meaning to meaning to read more again. I've been trying to force myself to. And uh, I was kind of more fun when I've had paper books instead of like downloading the ebooks because I tend to like um, 
like when I have these eBooks on my iPad, I tend to then just, oh, what's on Facebook? Oh, let me surf the web. So <laughs> <laughs> I got to just go back to buying books, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm impatient. So I, anyway, I like, I'll, I like to highlight them too. Yeah. Well, you can highlight, I, you know, I do too, but you know, you can highlight it on, on the Nook mm-hmm. or Kindle or whatever. It's, it's it never as satisfying or as effective I find though. Yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. Okay. I'm going to go back to buying real books. <laughs> Problem solved. There you go. I can wait two days. Yeah. Um, so, um, but well, Atlas Shrugged is one of my favorite books ever. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that it's uh, it's a cliche. <laughs> have you have you read it? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, you know, Anne Rand. Um, I've read The Fountainhead too, but I I loved Atlas Shrugged. I couldn't put it down. Um, I was taking a road trip somewhere. I read like you know all. 1300 pages and yeah it's, it's a large book i read it twice wow. so i was just completely enamored with it and uh it really set me on my path so i would definitely recommend um everyone to read atlas shrugged and it will mm-hmm. change your outlook on life awesome <laughs> so um and then um I there are a few business books. There's many that I have read. Um, I haven't read a lot recently, but I wanted to give a shout out to a few. Um, and again, I don't know who's going to listen to this, but um, there is a, a really nice guy. Um, and I wanted to just I just wanted to shout out to him because I, I wrote to him before I started my businesses. I read his book, and he wrote back to me because I thanked him for his book and he was nice enough to write back to me. His name is Tim Sanders. He's a former executive at Yahoo and he wrote this really nice book. Uh, it was like in 2003 called Love is the Killer App. <laughs> He's written other books. I just wrote to ask him some advice and tell him I liked his book. He emailed me back the next day. Wow. Big executive. I thought that was really nice. So I've always given him a shout out for that. Super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's called Love is the Killer App. And it just kind of said to do what you love and that'll help you in your business. So he's probably written more updated books, but Tim Sanders is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And then I read this other two books, which were great. Um, there is the, He may have passed away or he's quite old by now. But there is this great author named Robert Ringer. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of him? No. Um, he wrote a very classic book in the 70s called Winning Through Intimidation, um, which he renamed the book To Be or Not to Be Intimidated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not what it sounds like. Um, it is just um, a really great book about his personal journey to becoming extremely successful in real estate brokerage and how he just started thinking big right away and leapfrogged his way into being super successful way ahead of schedule and millions within like three or four years and not, and not just thinking small. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny and cute the way he writes it. And he had a follow-up book that I also read called Action, Nothing Happens Until Something Moves. And he's kind of very like old schooly, and he's really well-known. And again, I'm not sure if he's still alive or he may be like 80 or 85 years old, but his name is Robert Ringer. Um, he, he, was, he, used to be, he was like on the Johnny Carson show 
I would highly recommend reading his books. And uh, Winning Through Intimidation was his first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of other marketing books that, and, and little other inspirational books that are kind of more recent that I liked. Um, there's this book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Oh, yeah. I've read that. You read it? Okay. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I actually have the paper book of it because I, I was reading it on a plane and like two different people were like, oh, that looks so cool. I want to buy that. <laughs> So I do have this paper book, and it's how, how to break through your blocks and win your inner creative battles. And I don't often always win my inner creative battles, but <laughs> I'm going to reread this probably soon. But mm-hmm. you've read it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I read good. the audio book or listened to the audio book. Yeah, it's a good book. And then there's this other book, and I'm glad you let me go run to my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. <laughs> That is this older book too, maybe about 12, 15, maybe 20 years old. But it's just called Differentiate or Die by Jack Trout. Ooh, I've heard of that. I haven't read it. It's pretty straightforward. It's a, it's a really good book. And um, one other book I actually I still have. It was a book I read in my college psychology class. Um it is, it's called, just called Influence. Oh, I love that book. I just read it a couple months ago. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah, that's... I'm obsessed with it. It's, it's fascinating. It's Dynamite, yeah. It's yeah. by, um, I, yeah, I can't remember the author, um, Cialdini, Robert Cialdini. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I took uh, this very hard-to-get-into class I had to wait list for at Stanford um, that was taught by... Um, Professor Zimbardo, who was famous for doing the Stanford Prison Experiment. Oh yeah, um, and uh, he's got to be quite. Old. I think he's still alive, but he's he's probably near eighty or something. But um, mm. he was really funny, a really you know this like entertainer and pretty famous by then. But um, yeah, that was one of the textbooks in the class, and uh, that's a great book because it talks about like scarcity and social proof. And um, all these other psychological concepts that you can use in sales and, and other things. So I'm glad you asked because I'm going to go reread all these. <laughs> but those are some really good books to start out with. Yeah, so, no, those, those are great. I'm, I'm definitely going to. Yeah. So li- thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I'm, I'm always looking for uh, like good book recommendations from successful people. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's. The most important thing you can do is just read as as many uh, helpful books as possible. Great. Well, you have inspired me now to keep reading more. (laughs) Going to surf the internet less and read more books. Yeah. It makes you happier in the long run. Great. Um, Awesome. All right. Well, I I have uh, just two more questions. Sure. And and then I will let you carry on. so this is pretty much my last question. The question after this is just where can people find out more about you and, and T-Box? Um, but for this question, it's uh, what are you working towards? What am I working towards? Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, well, you. you know what? I'm probably going to be thinking about that quite a bit over, <laughs> this, uh, over this summer. But honestly... Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm just working toward having a the best tea box ever this year, mm-hmm. the best next couple of events, and um, I 
I'm not planning to stop having T-Box anytime for the next few years. Um, and um, that's really as far as I'm thinking right now. I may have a few other things planned, um, but that's really as far as I am right now. So I wish I had a more exciting answer for you, but... but I mean, that's, that's your answer. Much, yeah. Yeah. This is pretty much going to consume me as far as that's concerned. <laughs> you're, you're focused on the, the task at hand. That's, yeah. That's probably a, a big key to your success. So... Yeah, there, for sure. There, there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of value in that answer. Um, and finally, where can people find out more about you or T Box or in, anything that uh, you want to steer them towards? Okay. Well, our website is Festa Parties, so that's my last name, Festa F mm-hmm. as in Friday. You, you were born to be a uh, yeah. a block party organizer, Parties, yeah. With your last yeah, name, my last Festa. Name, Festa <laughs> actually means party in Italian. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, it's just kind of ironic. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about it. But yeah, my last name is the Italian word for party. Mm-hmm. So um, it is festaparties.com. And um, that is where you can buy the tea box tickets and read all more detail about everything I've talked about. There's a history of tea box and there's details on all the traditions. We have a bunch of videos and all this other stuff too that tell the stories of it too. So yeah, mm-hmm. you can see it all there. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Chris Broadhead Show. Please subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss any future episodes. If you have any questions or comments, please check out chrisbroadhead.net for all the show notes. As always, I can be reached at at Chris Broadhead, and that's B-R-O-D-H-E-A-D on both Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Now get out there and make some art.